1: As Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers talk always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 929 ESPN It's 2 p.m. in Memphis Giannato and Jeffrey time get off the fence live on Memphis Sports Station 929 FM ESPN mother, can you hear me Why welcome
3: welcome welcome to the Gianotto and Jeffrey Show, we're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We are glad he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeal's lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee, the top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato.
0: Mark, good day, sir. Didn't realize uh, I was gonna get Columbus weather before I went to Columbus this week. This is the worst. wasn't ki- Wasn't thrilled about when I woke up this morning. I also think this is the worst kind of cold too, in the sense
3: that you look outside and you're like, "Oh yeah, we've already we changed the time back," or you know, we've changed the time up. Oh yeah, we're close to yeah, spring, baby. You can feel it, and then you walk outside and you're like, "Nope, not yeah, no, not gonna do this." And then you mix in allergy season; it's just been miserable.
0: Not yet. But uh,
3: I sound like I'm like on a, like a 2000s punk pop band, like talking like this.
0: Well, I'm gonna tell the truth. Yeah, it is the worst kind of cold day. Yeah, it's it's back. when it catches you by surprise, slaps you in the face when you thought it was gone. Um, but uh, it is Tell the Truth Tuesday of a big week, giant week, big week for the Grizzlies. Obviously, a huge week for Tiger basketball um we'll get into grizzly specifically got another win last night jeffrey over the dallas mavericks on the road back in second <laughs> back in second place in the west also got an update on john morant to get to as well tim murray's going to join us at 2:40 or so uh we'll talk to him about nca tournament getting ready i'm curious uh Are the lines changing today yet? Like, have they changed much from Monday? Would you say? So I have from Sunday night the initial the initial point spreads for the NCAA tournament. I've not seen a ton of line movement yet. Okay, Um, but we'll talk to Tim Murray from Veasan about uh, all things NCAA tournament and uh, what him and Jeffrey are going to be gambling on. Maybe everything. Well, tonight also. Oh yeah, yeah. We got first. first I didn't even think about that. It's first four tonight. Oh yeah. Oh wow. It comes up—I'm so glad Memphis has never been in the first four. Like, I've never had to cover the first four. That, I don't so, know if I could take going from right from the uh, conference tournament and going directly to Dayton, Ohio.
3: So, in general, I agree with you. I did, however, get to cover the Marshall Henderson-BYU game, where mm. BYU was up like 20-something. Oh, so you went to a first four. I, 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 was, in, I was the studio programmer, oh, if you will. Oh, got
0: you. Okay. But,
3: uh, yeah, I've not had to go to da- but my boss had to drive from Dayton— Straight to Jacksonville.
0: Ugh. Drive? That, that was not Ugh. that was not great. I'm driving to Columbus. That's nine hours. I don't know if I could do Dayton to Jacksonville. feels feels longer. I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was almost the same length of
3: time to get from Dayton to Jacksonville as it was to get t- from Oxford huh. to
0: Dayton. Huh. The more you know. Three yeah. o'clock or so, we will get into the list. Uh, and then also in the second hour, Penny Hardaway spoke today ahead of the team lead. We're gonna hear a lot from him. He was on K- he was on uh, Keyshawn J Will and Max KJM this morning. He spoke to the local media today. Uh, I've heard rumbling CBS is in town doing some doing some preliminary work. Yeah, uh, ahead of uh, the tournament as well. Um, then they go to Columbus tomorrow. I think they leave tomorrow afternoon to go to Columbus. Then there's a open practice, Jeffrey, on Thursday. Or excuse, yeah, on Thursday, and there will also be press conferences and interviews and all that Thursday afternoon. Uh, so before they play Friday night, so you're gonna hear, we're gonna hear a lot from the Tigers. Uh, but we'll get into what Penny Hardaway and Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams said to the media next hour. Uh, but let's start, uh, Jeffrey, with the Grizzlies. Um, They got another win last night, three in a row, on the road against Dallas. No Kyrie, no Luka. Um, Desmond Bain was good again. David Roddy was really good again. Dylan Brooks, you know, took 19 shots to get his 19 points, but I thought, once again, for like the second time in three games, really had a definitively positive impact on the game. Yeah, I felt
3: like it greatly depended on which shot you watched. Because he had this weird thing going where it felt like he was either hitting nothing but net or he was missing
0: the goal completely. And he was blowing kisses to the crowd, I believe. Yes. I I do wonder his daughter was there. We saw her after the game on you the Valley, that, yeah, that on the been, Valley yeah. Sports broadcast. I do wonder if he was blowing kisses uh, to his daughter, um, perhaps. Um, I will say... There is no mistaking at the end of the game, he was very clearly talking to Luca and Kyrie sitting next to Mark Cuban on the baseline. Well when they when they had the game wrapped up and in hand. At so the y- end. You said you watched ballys too? Yeah. Okay. So Well, because the I I honestly, I I didn't know Van Gundy was on the call. Yeah. I thought the the announcer schedule's Twitter account said it was Corey Alexander and Mark Kestisher, and I was like, I don't need to hear that crew. <laughs> I don't need to know. What I didn't they were. even
3: know. Mark was doing
0: – was no, that I don't a, know. a radio? Maybe I maybe I looked at the radio. Maybe yeah, I, I looked I, at the radio one, and I, think I mistook it. I think it. you looked at at radio. We called it last night besides Van Gundy? See, I, I watched Bally's. Yeah, I watched I, I just Bally's saw Bally, too. I, saw Van... I knew Van Gundy because you could see when the camera was yes, exactly. going across. You could see you the, could the bald see
3: head. Well, and also, I think he still lives in Houston.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
3: I, I think he – I know I know even after he left Because it's his last head coaching correct, job. Correct. I, I think he still lives there, okay. so – I mean, obviously it's not like – it's drivable or whatever, southwest way. I don't know. But I do know he lives in – he did used to live in Texas. Mm-hmm. So early in the game, you could see I – I can't remember if Dylan missed a three or whatnot, but you could clearly see Kyrie like getting up from the bench to just start yapping. And it was clearly yapping at Dylan. And mm-hmm. so it felt like that was going to be early and often. And then, the Grizzlies' third quarter happened, and I know noticed- well, the whole
0: second half they played well in the second half. And hmm. again, Roddy gave him, I thought, a huge lift. Like gave him a that's they need like someone to score on that second unit at times, yeah. especially I- when Desmond Bain is being asked to play point guard too. They need you know they need someone else who can score on the second unit. I mean furthermore, they need all the scoring they can get from the wing. Yeah, um, so it'll be you know it's it was nice to see him do it two games in a row. And, like, I don't think he needs to do everything he did in these last two games in order to be really helpful. Like, if he can just knock down consistently that, you know, corner three, wait that three from the wing that he's going to get off penetra- penetration and what have you and other the attention other people get, that's how he can be a really effective player for this team down the stretch. Um, and then, yeah, and the occasional, like, just barreling towards the basket layup, you know? Yeah not sure how you got this off but you're like a freight train coming down the lane so i can't remember if it was the 3rd or 4th quarter i believe
3: it was the 4th quarter i actually saw there was a play that i that i made a mental note of that I, uh that, that struck me he actually had a bad turnover like i want to say it was maybe dribbling it off his foot it, it was it was the type of turnover you're like oh god that's bad but he immediately went back down on the other end of the floor, made a good defensive play, and then came back on the other end. And I think that's when he made one of those, to your point, barreling layups. Yeah, like just you know, just bodying everybody. And to me, like that was a good thing that okay, he's still he's not letting like you can tell every mistake Zaire makes, it mm-hmm. just sticks with him. Like, yeah, you can you can feel it when he's on the yeah. floor and he makes a mistake, then he starts thinking. Roddy's not in that category right now. Like, to me, know. he is – even if he makes a mistake, he, he bounces now, right back. the
0: question will be – Can he know, do
3: it against someone not named the Mavericks?
0: Yeah, not a team that literally – whose biggest weakness is Correct. the position he plays. Um, that will be – you know, can he be effective tomorrow against the Heat? Um, we shall see. But a very encouraging couple games, uh, especially given the circumstances for the Grizzlies. Um, but then, you know, honestly, nationally – you know, and the, the other part I should mention, and it's not resonating nationally because of the John Morant stuff, and we'll get into the latest developments there in a second. Remember when we talked about Brevin mentioned this at the end of the broadcast? We all talked about this 11 game stretch coming out of the All Star break. Remember that? Yep. We said, okay, and if you can just be above 500, especially given what you just went through, and that was with Ja, that was not knowing John Correct. Morant was going to be. You know that, that was pre All Star break. Yeah, that was a different world. Um, that was you know that's thinking like, that was thinking Stephen Adams would be back at some point during this stretch, even thinking he might start the All Star break. Yeah,
3: um, that's and, like that's the difference of like pre pandemic life and post pandemic um, life. It's the same type
0: mental thing. And obviously, you know, let's just be real. You lucked out in two games against the Mavericks. They were missing their two best players. Like, but you were missing your. Two of your five best players, including your best player.
3: Right. I will say, though, like we talked about it in real time. It's very difficult in today's NBA to just look at the schedule and think wins and losses.
0: Yeah. Because it is just so dictated by availability. Where's what you can say? You beat a Laker. You, you, excuse me. You beat a Warrior. You beat the Warriors full strength. Beat the Mavericks twice. You took advantage of what you could in all of this ultimately. Um and you won a couple home games against the Nuggets and the Lakers. Like you you did so so far you've won all your home games. Yeah. You're six and four though yeah. going into the eleventh game. And I believe I, I said as long if you can finish over oh I said if you can finish above five hundred on this eleven game trip, I'd feel satisfied. I'd be like, okay, good job. Well, they did it. They did like, it. <laughs> like last night it was dramatic. It. it was dramatic. <laughs> you know but they did it and you know they could potentially go 7 and 4 against the heat um and then they get the spurs and but they've they've stabilized themselves in the standings not necessarily like they're going to be second you know they're going to they got a fight on their hand with Sacramento even though you know they moved back ahead of Sacramento last night after Sacramento lost to the to the bucks for second place but like given how phoenix what's happened with phoenix what's happened what's happening with Dallas we just did Dallas you beat Golden State. I know you get them again Saturday at home, but you're not going to finish below third, more than likely, given what you've done now over these next these last eleven games, and given what's coming up on your schedule, where you're going to have two games against Houston, a game against San Antonio, a game against Orlando. You know, like it's it's hard to see them falling below third and now another, in the Western Conference standings. You got another home game against the Mavericks, and I mean, they're in this weird they're in this weird spot where if it doesn't go well, they're, they're, they'll They'll keep trying. I mean, They're, they're not going to fall out of the play-in. Well, they kind of have to keep try- – like, they're in this weird mode, though, where – They made them – I think they're going to – unless they re-sign Kyrie, that trade is going to end up – is going to look like a disaster, I think. Because, like, they're not going to get what they want out of Kyrie – what they were planning out of Kyrie this season, I don't think. But I, mean, I could I- see a p- scenario where if they re-sign him, it would make sense. But they're, they're going to end up looking back and going – we gave up like Dorian Finney Smith for like a oh, play. Their, their wings are. You know, like we gave up our one viable wing for a play in uh, situation. Although I will say, I don't know if it's just the fact that I've
3: caught him the last two games and Luke and Kyrie are not there. So obviously there's more opportunities. But Josh Green looks like a good player.
0: Yeah, I thought, I thought, um, Brevin made a good point though like all the the problem is all those guys like're so ball dominant like yeah you gotta be a to play with Luca and to play with Kyrie but especially Luca spot up shooter you gotta be yeah. a spot-up shooter he's gonna dominate the ball uh so we'll you know we'll see long term I don't know they don't they don't seem like other than Luca like they are properly built you know what I mean like they it seems very uh flimsy and it feels beyond like,
3: It feels like they've tried two or three different philosophies in building around. And they Luka. haven't stuck with anything. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's almost like they just need to go to the LeBron
0: formula. Like mm-hmm. find
3: guys that can hit threes. Yeah, and, just like and can defend.
0: Yeah, just like get yeah. some. Ver- yeah, get a bunch of versatile dudes yeah. who can shoot. Um, but
3: like they're in a weird spot, and this is kind of where I want to start. We'll we'll get into Ja in just a moment. When you look at the standings. Mm-hmm. I think what you're going to start to see, I think you might see some LeBroning. And ironically, not from the Lakers. But I think what you could start to see is after maybe next week, I think you might have some, you might actually have some clarity because we're starting to get some separation. It feels like even though Denver has been playing poorly, they've lost three straight, they're just getting the one. I don't think anyone's catching them. Are you in agreement? Yes. Yes, I am. You know that the Grizzlies and the Kings are going to be two and three. They're but four the, and a half up on the Grizzlies right now, Denver. But the order is going to be determined. But if you start to look at, if you look at the two schedules, so the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies through next week have at Miami, mm-hmm. at San Antonio, mm-hmm. Golden State at home, mm-hmm. Dallas at home, mm-hmm. two with Houston at home, mm-hmm. and two Atlanta. That And then they have Orlando like right after that. Mm-hmm. So in this next, like, week and a half, you're going to get a pretty good idea because on the flip side, Sacramento hits the road for four. Now, they're weird road games in the sense that they're probably going to be favored, but they're road games. So you go to Chicago, to Brooklyn, to Washington, to Utah. Then they come back and they host Boston at home, Mm -hmm. Phoenix at home, Utah at home, and then Minnesota, the, night the, the night the Grizzlies play at Atlanta, they host Minnesota. Yeah. I think you're going to kind of know right around there, essentially where everyone's stacking up. And then from that point, it feels like some teams might start jockeying just to get a matchup they want in the first round.
0: Yeah. Perhaps as of right now, if the playoffs were to start today, Grizzlies would get either the Timberwolves or the Mavericks in the first round.
3: And I mean, I I think obviously you'd rather play the Timberwolves than the Mavericks just It is wild.
0: Like the Mavericks are only a half game out of not being in the play in at all right now. Correct. Given yep.
3: how poorly they've played. Correct. So 9, 10, and 11 are all tied.
0: Mm-hmm. With, and Utah's only and then a half Utah's game only back. Half game back. Yeah. And then
3: Portland is trying to get there. Although they've lost three in a row. Right. But, I mean, you know, they have the goal, the stated goal of they want to be yeah. a part of it.
0: Yeah. So, it is all interesting. But I, I do think, and this can transition into a Ja Morant, like, I think the Grizzlies can hold the fort down. However, Like, they're not going to succeed in the playoffs without Ja. But, like, they can hold the fort down for a while longer, I think, without Ja Morant if they need to, if that's what's determined – has to happen. like obviously, the playoffs are a different story, but don't you agree like that, that that's what these past few games have shown you. like they'll figure it out enough to where they're the two or three seed in the playoffs. Um, even if John Morant is out for much longer.
3: Yeah, I, I've kind of felt this way for a while. Obviously, with how dramatic and chaotic it felt the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's exacerbated by losing games but this team has had a pretty proven formula this whole year. When they're at home, they're one of the elite teams.
0: Yeah. When they go on the five. road,
3: they're not good.
0: They're mediocre. Correct. They're 13 and 21.
3: The only team the only team that has a worse spread than the Grizzlies home and away is the Warriors.
0: Now now uh, now, uh New Orleans has moved past them in terms of a bad road record. They're 11 right, but, and 23. But
3: it's the difference of it's the difference between Home wins and road. Oh, I see what you're how saying. How good they are at home versus how yes, good they are. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And if you looked at the schedule, they still had more home games to play. Now, yes. what I think is going to be fascinating also coming down the stretch is you look at, for instance, you look at Tankathon and they'll give you like the remaining strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, the Grizzlies still have the Bucks to play in Milwaukee,
0: but it's at the end of the, the year. It's the
3: second to last game of the year. Who and, knows what that looks and like? It's
0: looking more and more. The Celtics are starting to, you know, like they they look a little unmotivated lately. If that makes sense, they look a little bored. Um, it feels like the Bucks. There's a pretty good chance that Bucks game. The Bucks are gonna have the number one seed in the East wrapped up by then,
3: correct? And then on the flip side, you take a look at, you take a look at the final three for Sacramento, mm-hmm. at Dallas, Golden State at home, at Denver.
0: I, you know what I mean, like. Go, the Denver game might not matter. Correct. And then with what if but Dallas Golden State and Dallas might they they're, they're going to be jockeying for position. Correct. Or
3: what if they're just sitting there what if there's some separation and they just realize like all right we we're, we're either 7 or we're 8. Like you know what I mean like yeah. there's still some jockeying maybe to make sure you get that game at home. I imagine the Warriors if they're going to be in the play in they prefer it to be at home
0: given their own yeah. record. now. they're the, they're in the 5th spot right now. Yeah. But I mean But what, yeah, they're only separated by They only separated only by a game up. Yeah. Um So, fascinating stuff, and then, you know, there's still the question mark of when does Ja Morant return, and we got another layer to that storyline, if you will, last night during the game, Woj reported that, Woj and Tim McMahon of ESPN reported that Ja has checked into a counseling uh, facility, or excuse me, is just getting counseling in Florida, yeah, I've got it right here. Um Memphis Grizzlies guard
3: Ja Morant has entered a counseling program in Florida and remains without a timetable on a return to the NBA season, sources told ESPN.
0: Now, it's interesting cuz that was kind of weird how they how they wrote it cuz right. it could have been construed as he like just, just checked went, in. Yeah. Um but there's been some clarity it appears from subsequent reporting. Uh, the Athletic uh has reported that last week Josh started this counseling program in Florida um, at a retreat like facility um is how they described right. it right
3: and obviously that added more detail but it still was somewhat vague like does yeah. that mean he, did he check in last Monday Well I did think if
0: che- you connect some of the dots you've got that okay that he's he's last week he started counseling at a retreat like facility you also have the detail from Dylan that he's quote working out. Yeah. Like it doesn't sound like he's in some sort of rehab. He's like going to some counselor who was probably you know, some counseling program that was Very recommended. Expensive. That was recommended to him, uh, or his people. And he's probably also it's like an outpatient thing, you know? It's like he's just going there for the treatment, but he's still like working out playing basketball. It's what that's what I'm that's the dots I'm connecting. They haven't said any of this explicitly, but those are the dots I'm connecting based on what Dylan and the players have said about him and like him kind of, you know, being con- and Taylor Jenkins too, how connected he still is to the team, even though he's separated from them. Um, and based on this reporting now. Um, but, you know, you also had Mark Spears from uh, Anscape and ESPN um, say on a, the Hoop Collective podcast that. You know, he's starting to think he didn't report this as much as he said. Based on what he's hearing, his gut is telling him Ja won't come back at all this season. Like that's the, he he suggested that was a possibility. Um, you also had Taylor Rooks come out after Woj's report came out and say, you know, kind of reveal that she's been talking to Ja Morant throughout this whole process. We know they've, you know, he's done several interviews with her. I believe he was like at her birthday party this off season. Like they might you know, I she's obviously a interviewer, but it sounds like they have a um closer relationship than the usual interviewee, interviewer. I'm not suggesting anything nefarious. Like I think they might be just they might be friends. Yeah. You know? No, I think that's yeah. and he's comfortable talking to her. He's done I think that's he's amazing. done his most revealing interviews, it feels like, with her. Yes, I would agree. Um and so um you have that, her saying, you know, he, she's been talking to him and he's been focused on getting better. And even that, that clip from their first interview or one of their interviews that's made the rounds since all this happened where Ja is talking about mental health in the bubble. Um, it's from a couple years ago. But she said he also had just, you know, taken solace in that clip, I guess, um, is what she said on Twitter. So you have all that. Um, Feels like, and then you also had what Taylor Jenkins said before the game last night, where he said basically, "Jaws prepared for whatever is going to happen after this Miami game because, based on the the current uh, open ended time, open not timeline. I shouldn't say timeline. There is no timeline. Open ended, uh, I guess absence." The earliest he can come back is after this Miami game Wednesday for the San Antonio game Friday on the road. And Jenkins said he he's prepared for whatever happens after that game. I don't sense he's going to be back for the San Antonio game. I mean, there's still a lot of time between now and then. There's still a couple days, but I, it seems like it seems like they are partially taking their time for Jaw's sake. To make sure they get this right, and also taking their time because I think the N- NBA's investigation is still going on. Well, we still haven't heard anything from the league. I would assume. Do you think the league, if they, even if they don't have anything, even if like they decide they're not going to do anything, do you think they'll say that? Like we've concluded, like, kind of do what the den- with the with the cops did in Colorado. We've concluded our investigation and we've decided not to press. You know, essentially give them any more punishment, any sanctions.
3: No, what I suspect will happen is my gut tells me that when he, re- the day he's going to return or whatever, when he returns to the team, the NBA will announce the retro. He's been suspended for whatever, eight to 10 games. I guess I'd say it like this I suspect that the league at this point knows what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that they need more time to investigate. I think they know what they're going to know at this point. Would you agree with that? I don't know I, I, I would imagine if they knew what they from were going to do I'm they, saying from the incident they know they know the information that they're going to I don't think new information about that incident in particular is going to come up at this point.
0: you know they've already interviewed Yeah, I you don't know. know I'm not willing to go there. I don't know okay well I'll,
3: yeah. I'll say this I suspect that they I suspect that they have a
0: guideline. Of what they want to do in your mind, if they were, if they found what they were really looking for, so to speak, like there was something major, they would have. We would have known already. Yes, that's my suspicion. Like if it was truly, he brought the pl- gun on the plane. Correct. Um,
3: Especially is- when you consider how hot the story was and how many people were digging on it. Mm-hmm. I think if I think someone would have been able to get it. Mm-hmm. So my suspicion is, barring any new information, which I don't think is likely to reveal itself, I think they have an idea of what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And so what I would suspect is whenever Ja does or doesn't return, it will be announced something similar to John Morant was suspended by the league with without pay for how many of her games it was. It's been it's he's already he gets basically time served and then he is eligible to return. That's kind of how I suspect it's going to go.
0: Yeah. I don't, I'm not convinced he's going to get like some sort of additional punishment.
3: I think they have to, punishment even, if the it's, NBA. even if it's like post dated. I'm just going back to like what Greenberg was saying. I think they're going to have to, he's going to have to be suspended somehow.
0: Yeah. Perhaps. But,
3: but what I'm saying is, I don't think it's going to be
0: tacked on. Now, the counseling part of this is interesting in that um, this, I mean, he, he you know, it's, it's news it shouldn't be shocking to you based on the statement he put out that he went and sought this is literally what he said he was gonna go seek help you know it it, it is very consistent with the language that the, the team has used and that mm-hmm. it,
3: his that his response was
0: yes and you know I think it I don't think he's gonna be out for the entire season I don't I, I know Mark Spears is saying that I would be While not, I guess, again, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd be stunned at this point, but it would be, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I think I'd be, it'd be disappointing, certainly. Like, I'm. that's not what I was expecting the outcome to be from this, that he misses the rest of the season. I think that's, seems like, I mean, unless he really wants to miss that, wants to do that, that seems like a lot, um given the circumstances, you know? Like, obviously, he's got to clean up his life, but, like, is taking away basketball really going to, like, completely like that? Is that really, like, that doesn't feel like a solution to what is actually his problem. I mean, I suppose the question becomes
3: how concerned is... We know the Grizzlies are concerned about John Morant Mm long-term. And I think it's... I think history and human nature proves this to be a, a true fact. unless there are real consequences, people typically don't make a change. yeah, typically there
0: has to be something mm-hmm. that makes you and taking away like him missing the rest of the season would be a real consequence. but it feels s- like he's already gonna get like he's it feels like the amount of games he's gonna miss no matter what is gonna at the very least seriously jeopardize him getting all NBA and it feels like it, the longer this goes on is going to like cost him all NBA which would cost him 30, 40 million 43 37 million dollars yeah. or something like that on his contract cuz it can't become a supermax it feels like while maybe he hasn't lost sponsors yet and hopefully you know I hope for his sake he doesn't lose sponsors because of What's happened here certainly has killed his momentum as a national pitch man, okay, um, very clearly. And it has made, frankly, I'm sure, from Nike's perspective, the release of his first shoe in a few weeks, certainly more awkward than they were planning on it to be. I believe, was it May? It was scheduled no, for no, May. No, I, I think it's April. I think it's beginning April. Like, we're, like it's, it was in conjunction with the playoffs. Um, like, it's coming out soon. Uh, maybe even April first.
3: And there's also this element of if you end up suspending him for the whole season or whatnot,
0: doesn't that feel like the punishment doesn't really fit the crime? Well, I don't. If he misses the whole season, I think it's going to be like his and the Grizzlies' choice, not like a suspension. And yeah, you know, like I right, I suspect he's not going to spend him for the whole rest of the year that's just again if they did that yes that would be excessive very excessive in my mind because he like he ultimately did not commit a crime I really believe this if
3: the Grizzlies knew that it was a even if it wasn't maybe the most likely outcome but that there was a good possibility
0: that they would be without John Morant for the rest of the season mm-hmm. they would be talking differently correct yeah. They would be talking differently, I think. and then. But I would also say this from the other end of the spectrum. Not that he should miss the whole year, but, like, he shouldn't there – should, there shouldn't be a rush to this in the sense that, like, I really only think – like, obviously, from a basketball perspective, yeah, if he screws up again, like, he's so talented, you know, he's going to get plenty of chances as a basketball player. Yes. But as a corporation, so to speak, John Morant, Inc., like he's already done some damage to that brand. He's only really going to get one shot to like clean it up. You know what I mean? Like to get this right. You're not going to get another major slip up like this and still be Mr. Pitchman. You know what I, you know what I mean? So
3: I want to agree with you, mm-hmm. but then there's also the reality of me thinking like Tiger Woods You can't Woods, be the Yeah. Okay, but Tiger Woods was and I understand there's also another key distinction with Tiger. Tiger, Tiger was only tr- truly the greatest player well alive. And here's and what I would did- say,
0: though. Tiger had one major – like, his other quote-unquote issues as coming you – know, have been, like, injury-related, ultimately. Like, you can say the car crash, but nothing was ever proven there.
3: You know? Right. But and also, like, so he, like, had the he in- was on the New York Post for something like 90-something days. And think about – Everything
0: that was we read about. Well, I would say this. I I looked it up today. Do you remember the NBA the NBA Gold Club trial on the uh, that was related to? It was a racketeering trial related to a strip club in Atlanta called the Gold Club. That not you, to be confused with On Summer that a lot of NBA players used to go to. And before
3: did, was it Magic Mountain? What's the one they go to now? Magic
0: Mountain. Uh, no, it was the one Lou Williams way, went uh, left. Magic City, Magic City. Uh,
3: Pat Bev was mm-hmm. on uh, the barstool rundown yesterday, mm-hmm. and while there was a lot of people out there thinking like, "Oh, no players will go to stri- this strip club anymore," he shut that down quickly and he said, "Listen, that's that's you know
0: what you're getting into when you go." Mm, he didn't think he didn't
3: think that would be a deterrent.
0: Uh, I feel like they can find other ones in Denver though. Yet they don't. Yeah. Well. Um, no, the store. I heard, I heard from someone this weekend, like, for instance, when Allen Iverson played for the Nuggets, he had, like, a residency at that place. Uh, <laughs> someone said. That's fitting with what I know about but, Allen Iverson. But, um, no, I was mentioning that trial because two people, so, like, a bunch of NBA players got identified as having been to the Gold Club and done, gotten, like, sexual favors at the Gold Club. Patrick Ewing had to was called as like a witness in the trial or a uh, had to had to uh had to um had to testify in this racketeering case and admit on the stand that he accepted sexual favors at this strip club Jerry Stackhouse the van, like two guys who were coaching college basketball this year leader of men on the basketball court were named in the trial no one even like you know what i mean like you get one you can you can have like i'm not saying it's great but like he can come back from this. I don't think you can. Like if he, oh, no, this no, no, is no. his one chance to kind of clean no, it up I, and still like I guess what, what keep I'm, his image, if you will, or or change his image, or make sure his image is what he, you know, what he set out for it to be. So I, I'm coming at it from a different angle. I'm
3: not convinced that he won't get multiple chances. I I am with you. This is clearly slowed
0: down. Mm-hmm. This is clearly slowed down. His and so like I think he should just take his time. Like, even if it's like another month, like, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But you want it, you got to make sure you get it right this time if you're John Moran. I'm, I'm even, like, obviously the Grizzlies want him to get it right, but they'll give him more. You know, like, let's be honest. You know, like, from a basketball perspective, the Grizzlies, if he slipped up again, they'd give him another chance. You know what I mean? But, oh, like, well, I mean, from was... his perspective, to really get this right, you, you like, this is your one shot. See, though, I guess that's where I push back. I'm not convinced that it is the one shot. I don't know. People... Everyone cites the examples of, like, Tiger and Kobe, but, like, they had one slip-up. They didn't do it again. And I don't mean slip-up in terms of, like... Like, Tiger obviously did a lot of things, but it was, like, all collectively, like, one episode.
3: Yeah, but, like, at the same time, like... You know, Tiger has a car crash in which he almost dies. Mm -hmm. There are pills that are in the car, and we didn't even, you know, like, we just, we we breezed past it.
0: Like, yeah, because the cops didn't do anything about it.
3: R- right, but... <sighs>
0: there was no, like, how can you... But
3: like, now Tiger's sitting here, and you've got, he's dealing with the, the NDA from his ex-girlfriend and whatnot. No one really cared, like,
0: it's this weird reality now of... Well, to be fair, like, I, you know, reading the details of this, like... I don't really understand what the girlfriend's case is in this. Like if he doesn't want you to live with her him anymore, why you're not like there's no legal obligation for him to house her? The argument would be she is
3: she's has more information than she's willing to reveal in the event that she they don't get the NDA removed.
0: Ultimately, he broke up with his girlfriend and well, he didn't. they his, what
3: he didn't. The lawyers from his trusted
0: Regardless, Mm -hmm. like they broke up, and so and it's just a nasty breakup. Um, Yeah, I I mean, unless more information comes to light, as you allude to, but I don't know. I just I just look at it like that, and so it it seems like it's. I mean, Charles
3: Barkley literally got pulled over for a speeding ticket, saying that he was rushing to go see a stripper because of her oral skills.
0: Yeah. If like, you
3: will, like and Charles Barkley just had a new Ruffles
0: chip come out. Like, that's my point. Like Charles Barkley has felt like though, he is the, the more, the exception. Yes. It does feel like he's, he has somehow become like Teflon, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like in some ways, but, um, I don't know. The reality is we can wait Memphis. Yeah. We can wait for Ja. Like he's worth it ultimately. And, uh, Hopefully Elsa. hopefully this hopefully this is the right he's taken the right path it sounds like he's been doing this for a week or so and it you know it feels like it might go on a little longer and and I would my message would just be you know like take your time you do what you got to do um and hopefully uh before the season's over you'll be back cuz at least it does feel like your teammates can hold the fort down enough for it to be you know to keep this season meaningful
3: All right, let's turn our attention to the NCAA basketball tournament. Tim Murray joins us next right here on Giannotto
1: and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call
1: silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Gianato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Gianato and Jeffrey show on 92.9 FM ESPN.
3: BetMGM is offering basketball fans a chance at winning big. Really, really big. The BetMGM March Matchup's $10 million Perfect Bracket Challenge is free to play and fun to dream about. And it's only at the King of Sportsbooks. Pick a perfect bracket, and you'll be the legend that takes home the $10 million grand prize. Fall a little short? The player with the most correct picks for the entire tournament wins a guaranteed top prize of $100,000. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to enter Tennessee-only, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789. Tim Murray is the host of VSEN Prime Time, airing live from 5 until 8 Central Time. Also, VSEN's college basketball betting podcast, available wherever you find podcasts. Kind enough to join us now. All right, Tim, we got the first four tonight.
4: What are we doing? I don't know, man. Uh, uh, I don't really want to bet the 16 versus 16. I will say this: I might blindly just take Southeast Missouri State because everybody and their mother uh, who has never watched any of these teams is telling me that Texas A&M Corpus Christi is the easy side here. So, uh, out of just con- sure contrarianness, uh, I might just take Semo uh, State there. Seventy uh, percent of the bets uh at DraftKings and I think I saw 75% of the bets at MGM are on the Islanders of Texas A&M Corpus Christi but uh no real feel on the 11 versus 11 game Mississippi State and Pittsburgh uh, I'm not a big Pittsburgh guy. Um, I just, I you know, you look at their Ken Palm rating, I think it's like 77th in the country. Uh, they faded down the stretch. So, if, if anything, I would look Mississippi State, but I have not filed a bet on either one. Uh, but, uh, once again, out of a just sure contrarianness, I might just play say Southeast doesn't, Missouri State.
0: Doesn't Pitt, Pitt has a good guard who can score the ball. I always like guys like that in these types of one-and-done settings. Um, yeah,
4: we'll we have plenty of those. Jamar, right? Marius Burton. Burton, yep. yeah. yeah. He's solid. Um, I think N- Nellie th- Cummings is a solid back. I mean, the backcourt. They, look, they got some pieces, but, I mean, I, I look at the way they, they, you know, ended their season. Um, you know, it, Virginia, lost to Virginia Tech on the road where every, you know, neighbor Nick told me that, uh, you know, Pittsburgh catching five was uh, the easiest bet of that weekend. Uh, Virginia Tech won by seven. They beat Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Lost to Notre Dame. Yeah, but However, it was it was Bray's the, it was, farewell. It was game. the Bray. It was the Bray Day. It was Bray Day. Lost to Miami. Beat Georgia Tech again, and then got smashed by Duke, who apparently, uh, breaking news. Everybody thinks Duke's going to the Final Four. So, mm. well, they do got that.
3: Do with got, that what you will. They got rid of their handcuff. Coach K can't coach the tournament. <laughs>
4: oh man, <laughs> should have done more. But I could, look. Duke might very well make the Final Four. Um, You know, they're in the East region. Um, The East region concludes at Madison Square Garden this year, so if they're able to make it out of their pod there, which, let's be honest, no easy feat against Oral Roberts in the first round, but I saw a tweet, I was on air at the time, uh, but from one of my colleagues, uh, Wes Reynolds, he was watching the, I guess, ESPN breakdown of the brackets. All five of their analysts had Duke coming out of the East, and uh, college basketball uh, insider extraordinaire Stephen A. Smith also has Duke going to the Final Four. Mm. So take that for what you will. That's just information. I'm putting it out there. You know, it just feels a little bit like when the whole NBC broadcast team picks one team. Oh, yeah. And you want to go on the other side. So just just putting it out there. Yeah. I'm on the under tonight. I've
3: watched enough Mississippi State to play. Like, Yeah, I could see that. They don't want this game D- to get. DJ
0: Jeffries finally in the NCAA tournament. S- Mississippi State will turn this thing into a rock fight. That's yeah. what they do. It's Chris Jans. Like, That's what he'll do. Wait, oh, Chris Jans already going to Wichita State, though? No, he already no he's already. Bags? I think he pulled his name out of that. I don't, <laughs> that would be stupid. <laughs> I don't man. think Wichita State has money. Uh no, 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 no. I they got lots of money. I was no, 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 I thought no. They, they got the the other – so what I heard this weekend, what I was told this weekend, because he got – Isaac Brown got fired basically while we were at in Fort Worth. Yeah, during, during tip-off, um, yeah. Wichita State, the the living Coke brother is back engaged. Ah. But he was told you get to help pick the coach. Like if you help fund us so – is Greg us, Marshall coming back? I don't think Greg Marshall's coming back. But Turgeon? The, yeah, the rumor du jour is Turgeon. Mm. Uh they, they, They'll they bring back Turgeon potentially. Ah. <sighs> All right, a couple other things I want to get to. Um,
4: not Wichita State rumors? Well, not no. the
0: Living Coke brother?
4: No, no, not really. I've never... By the way, you want to know a bet that I did make Go regarding the East region? Your Memphis Tigers 20-1 to 1 to win the region. All right, here's Ooh. the thing. So,
3: on Sunday, I looked at the bracket and I said, I really like that for Memphis. You know what my real concern is now? Florida Atlantic? No, I, I'm i not scared of them. They lost to the
4: Ole Miss. Um... Everyone's saying Memphis because Uh, the other
0: thing is the neighbor Nick. It's the neighbor uh, Nick. The other thing is too many
4: neighbor Nicks right now, though. It is. It's hard to decipher through the the neighbor Nickness. However, uh, to 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 be the rebuttal to your neighbor Nickness, which is true. Memphis is a little chic and I get it, um, which makes me nervous. But the Duke, you know, the Duke theory, right? Oh, yeah. You know, everyone loves Duke. You know, could ultimately, you know, the East region feels like, and, of course, the East region is where Memphis is, plays Florida Atlantic, and then Purdue gets the winner of that game. Um, The East region ultimately is just going to be Purdue against Marquette, the one versus the two, isn't it? Like, everyone's like, oh, the East is so wide open. Could it be Kentucky? Could it be Duke? Could it be Memphis? Could it be FAU? And at the end of the day, it's just going to be chalk, one versus two or something like that. So. The thing with Memphis is, if you look at what gives Purdue trouble, it's pressure.
3: And particularly, like, when teams press them. If Memphis can get to that game, there's one thing Memphis is not afraid to do, and that's press.
0: Mm-hmm. And not so, afraid of anybody. Yeah. I love that team, man. They no, are. Penny, so- Penny, we'll get to it next hour, but Penny, I mean, Penny was pretty adamant. He goes, In a one game setting, I think we can beat anyone in this Memphis has played. Two of the number one seeds, and they have not been
4: embarrassed in any of the games. They
0: played four games against number one seeds this year. They've covered all of them, by the way.
4: Just, Correct. Just, just pointing that out there. I have been, I have won a lot of money on Memphis this past month because I bet them every one of the Houston games. I didn't take them on the money line uh, in the championship, but you know it. They are, and, and and you mentioned this, Mark. Kendrick Davis is the guard you want to back. In yeah. an NCAA tournament, yeah. a dude that is as veteran, is old, is just makes free throws, hits his threes, can get on fire like he did in the AAC championship game. These are the types of dudes you want to back. I mean, this is, and I think, you know, people saw it on Sunday, which I kind of wish like the AAC championship game was on like Thursday afternoon. That's what I was and saying Nobody, nobody watched thing. it. Yeah, But, you know, a lot of people watched it, which was unfortunate because they were awesome in that game, especially in the first half. But, you know, I think people, not in Memphis, but I would say across the country, they think Penny Hardaway, oh, yeah, he just gets the one-and-donners. He gets Wiseman and he gets Imani Bates. It's like, no, nah, man, this is a veteran team. This is a team with dudes, with adults. And that's that's the interesting thing about this entire tournament is – these 12-13 seeds, you know, Memphis as an as an 8, they are old teams. And that's why it could be really interesting. Like a team like Drake, they're very trendy. I get it. Uh, Roman Penn, who is their second best player. Their best player is Tucker DeVries, the, the coach's head coach's kid. son. Roman Penn, I just looked it up. He was the MVP of a game per Ken Palm in 2017. Think about that. Mm. The dude was playing college basketball. He's not basketball. At BYU. No, no, or no. Memphis. Yeah, he went. Uh, he was Siena. Then he had. Then he. And it's not he, DeAndre Williams. Yeah. He was old enough to transfer when you had to sit out a year. <laughs> mm. So yeah, that, that's you know the issue today. But I look. I don't know. Maybe I'm scared, in your listeners. Uh, but I, I love Memphis. I bet him in the first round. I know the number has gone against him a little bit here. But I think people like Florida Atlantic. Uh, I I don't particularly like Florida. Atlantic. I am not scared of that. That game I feel good about. It
0: feels like everyone who's like on Florida Atlantic is just is really leaning heavily into the fact that they have they have great computer numbers. But, but I really Memphis think is better in Kenpong But I really think when you look at what they've done this season, they have they're they're a lot more. Their profile is a lot more like an elite mid major team than anything else. Like a like a like a dangerous twelve than a than a nine. I
3: just look at it this way. I think Memphis is under because their conference gets their conference really just does not get remotely the respect. I'm not saying it's a great league, but it's better than the Mountain West. If Memphis were the exact same team in the Mountain West, their numbers would be basically that of like a five seed or
4: six seed. They played like, twenty six games. I'm just I'm a big I'm a big fan of 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 looking at I love looking at Ken Palm. It's a great resource. I use it a lot. But when I sort data at Bart Torvik, just another analytical website, look at the last month, look at the last six weeks. You know, how are they playing coming in? Memphis is a top 10 team in the country Yes. in the last month of the year. Top 10. So their are two losses. Well, I guess they have three losses. Two of the three losses were to Houston. So, and they covered both. One on games. a buzzer beater. Right. So look, uh, it, it's, You'd rather be coming in hot than not, so you know I like the way they're coming in. Um, you know now they got to do it, but you know you think back to last year. I mean they gave Gonzaga everything and then some in that spot, and you know ultimately weren't able to pull it out. But um, I think they're battle tested, even though Davis obviously wasn't on that team. Uh, but they've they've played the look they've played the big boys. They've played Alabama. They've played Houston three times. They're one and three against them. Three four and zero oh against the spread and they beat Texas A&M. I granted Texas A&M's another team that kind of turned it around. Well, they turned <laughs> it around basically the day they lost to Memphis.
0: Right. Well, and then then they lost a bad game and then they turned it around. They lost to someone really Oh, like they Woff- lost to Wofford. Wofford after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
3: I mean they they've got they've got flaws, but I mean to Everyone me, does.
0: Florida Atlantic has beaten one team in the field. It's number 16 seed Northern Kentucky.
4: Well, and I think also what's kind of working to our advantage, or at least the people betting on Memphis, and I would imagine the majority of your listeners rooting for Memphis, is that while Memphis is coming on a high and they just beat Houston, there will be the, well, Marcus Sasser didn't play in that game. Okay, great. Let's mm-hmm. let's use that. And then it's, you know, FAU destroyed UAB. They did. I bet UAB. I was wrong. Uh I did UAB, it out, I did it out UAB, of respect to my my good friend Andy Kennedy. UAB I, shot like 20% from the field in that game and Jelly Walker who is uh I don't know he might have won CUSA player of the year or whatever um was like he, he couldn't hit the broads out of the barn. I think he had like one of his worst games of his career. So look, I'll take my chances with Memphis and uh we get him against Purdue. Um you'll be you'll be I'll, I'll say this. You'll be surprised how short that line will be. You will be surprised. All right,
3: here's I, Here's the question that I have: I am a sucker for a team that has all the pieces but's never put it together. What do you feel about Arkansas? I love them. They've got so much talent. And they have two, these stretches. They have two lottery picks. They have two. these stretches where you're like, "That's the best team!" Like, and then they play the rest of the game and then they look terrible. But Musselman's
0: a good tournament coach I, too.
3: Get him on a run. And also, I don't know. How do you feel about Kansas? Because I felt like
4: two weeks ago, everyone Committee was saying— gave them no favors. Holy moly. Well, everyone, that West is out of control.
3: But I felt like two weeks ago, everyone was saying, this is the best team, they're the number one seed, whatnot. I've watched them with a decently close eye the last two weeks, and again, I know Bill Self was not there this weekend, and I believe Bill Self falls into the category of coaches that make a difference. I, I, I acknowledge that. Totally agree. But they do have a flaw if Grady Dick is not scoring from the outside. Like you see, like they try to go in, they try to go inside, and if they have teams that aren't maybe as long and athletic, they can do that. But you saw what Texas did, and like that was no fluke. And Iowa State really even gave them problems the other night. And I'm not high on Iowa State.
4: No, I don't. I don't want anything to do with Iowa State. Um, No, I mean this is a team that, you know, when you look at. The top ten of Ken Palm, they're the second worst offense in in the top ten of Ken Palm, only behind Tennessee. Um And, you know, the crazy thing about Kansas is, look, Jalen Wilson is, is phenomenal, Um, but they don't, you know, who are their pros? You know, who are their, they don't have lottery picks, right? They had two last year, or two first-round picks, not two lottery picks. And Bill Self, there's no argument. I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches ever. To coach college basketball he's the national coach of the year this year but you know i do think at some point when you lose christian braun and ochai Abaji,
1: t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours